The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to discuss optimizing your e-commerce business. Joining us is Ross Andrew Paquette, who is the chairman and CEO of Maripost, which is a SaaS organization focused on a single solution, but with separate products for marketing automation, e-commerce, retail point of service, and help desks, marketing, commerce, retail, and service clouds to be more specific. And today, Ross and I are going to discuss optimizing in a changing economy. All right, here's the first part of my conversation with Ross Andrew Paquette, the chairman and CEO of Maripost. Ross, welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Excited to have you on the show and talk a little e-commerce today. I guess even before we get into the e-commerce part, crazy times. Yeah. When we're recording this, it's the week that Silicon Valley Bank has gone belly up and not only is affecting us here in the United States, the UK as well, the banking system, technology, funding, all sorts of weird stuff is happening. We all just lived through COVID within the last decade or two. We've had a banking crisis. Something is always breaking. Something's always going wrong. It seems maybe it's just this year. I mean, gosh, it's like being a homeowner. All of a sudden, it's like the sink's broken. Oh, shoot, the, the front door won't close. God knows what else could go wrong. But we always got to make the best of it now, don't we? Absolutely. Talk to me a little bit about that strategy. Today, we're talking about optimizing in a changing economy. The economy's going nuts right now. What should everybody be doing? Yeah, I mean, especially when people are in e-commerce, for obvious reasons, what we're selling in this, this of course, is meant to be about Maripost. But the reason we've had the vision that we've had at the company is that we want to enable e-commerce vendors to effectively be more efficient, right? And this is the time where that's ultimately so important with shipping costs going up, with labor costs obviously shooting through the roof, especially in any of the Western countries that most of us are operating in. Really, really tricky to maintain that. So yeah, I guess you could say our view is that unless our customers or unless the industry as a whole really starts to adopt a leaner approach to how they're going to grow and scale, right? we're going to see a lot of the fall off that we're seeing now. We're seeing, of course, a lot of the, as you said, difficulties from a B2B SaaS perspective, right, which has a direct impact on the e-commerce space as well, given all the technologies that has been released. I guess you could say that if people aren't moving as quickly to make themselves efficient, it's going to be a real problem. There's an interesting dynamic here, and I, I'll go back to the early COVID days. I remember having a conversation with Eric Huberman from Hawk Media. Yeah. 
He's a great guy and, and a regular speaker on the MarTech podcast. And he's got a unique view because their agency has grown so large. They work with so many e-commerce players that they could really get a top-down view of what marketing channels are working and what's happening across sort of all of e-commerce. And I remember when COVID happened, he was like, now's the great time to spend. Everybody cut their marketing budget. And if you're in e-commerce, Facebook ads have gotten so cheap because there's less buying, right? All the CPG companies pulled out, great time to buy. So it seems counterintuitive. The market stinks. Hurry up and spend your money. As opposed to, hey, times are good. You should pull back. Talk to me about understanding what's happening. What are the sources that you look to other than, you know, going and talking to Eric or listening to the MarTech podcast? <laughs> what are the sources that you look at to understand what's happening in the economy to figure out what your strategy should be for an e-commerce business? What I see is happening in the economy is a bit broader, especially when we're looking at it from a B2B perspective, meaning that we don't get so much into the specific channels that are successful. Is social going to be the most successful over the next quarter? Is is PPC, is, you know, kind of the D to C model going to be a much stronger aspect? But I would say what you just described at the start of the podcast, right? We're looking at sort of the economic trends from a banking perspective, the trends from a capital fundraising perspective. These all give a lot of headway in terms of who's going to be able to spend and effectively who isn't over the next little while. So I guess like using a good example of what's just happened over the past week with Silicon Valley Bank, as you advised, is that ultimately things are just going to continue to tighten up from that perspective. So the, the number one metric that we're watching right now is just what does that consumer spend look like? And it is dropping. Even people in the 100 to 200,000 annual income bracket are really cutting back, scaling back on their spend, and that's becoming noticeable. And as such, right, our customers are the e-commerce businesses that we support, and there's over 5,000 of them, they're feeling the same. Like we have a large event coming out. We, we actually do measure sort of the attendance of a lot of the events that we go to in terms of how successful we feel our customers are going to be. As in, if there's a, what was a recent one? There's a VIP vendor and partnership awards that took place in New York not that long ago. They had about 50% less attendees than normal. And this was a few months ago when things were feeling a little bit better than they are now. So there's a lot of different variables, I guess, that we look at, but definitely that consumer spending, this attendance ratio from an events perspective, sounds like a weird, you know, maybe an awkward metric to use, but it really does drive some of the core metrics that we deem to be appropriate to assess the market and what's happening. Yeah, I think the thing to look at is what you would figure to be leading indicators. If people aren't showing an interest in a given event, then down the road, there's going to be less conversions for that category, for that industry. Let's talk a little bit about balancing a business's budget and and thinking about specifically the e-commerce businesses that you manage. MarPost bills itself as everything an e-commerce company needs. And so, great, you're doing customer success, you're helping companies with marketing, inventory, all sorts of fun stuff. The companies that are successful in changing times, is there a certain balance of like cash on hand, CAC to LTV ratios, like basically having enough powder in the chamber so when things become an opportunity that is a market-wide opportunity, they can spend... How do you make sure that you're conservative enough to leave yourself an opportunity to spend when it's not an opportune time, but also make sure that you're just not letting your capital sit on the sidelines when it could be working for you? I think that's like a near impossible question. That's how we roll here at the MarTech podcast, near impossible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what I mean by impossible, though, is, is more along the lines of when it comes to e-commerce spend, right? People are not buying every product from a subscription perspective. They're not buying a lot of the products from a recurring perspective. So in effect, you're only as good as your last quarter's revenue. 
So it's a really difficult question because most of the e-commerce organizations, well-managed, poorly managed that I've seen over the years, which are certainly in the thousands or tens of thousands, none of them have been extremely effective at doing that unless they've got a very limited product set, number one. So they're not holding a lot of inventory. They can really control the budget allocation from that perspective and use that, okay, we don't need to refill a lot of our inventory. We're really stacked up well here, but now we can execute on spend. And that's kind of the only way that they're looking at as like the cash side of things. I don't know that many that are sitting on a large cash position right now in particular. And I think that's why we're in such a difficult state because people haven't done that. It's been a year, but we're still sort of coming out of this COVID time where, as you said, costs were lower. They were certainly going up, but customer acquisition was a lot easier. And now we're in this situation where people don't have any of that capital left over. And now they're trying to figure out what to do. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then. And instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. So when you think about the integration points, this is really where you and your company specialize. Is there a specific stack that allows you to have the right view of the market, the understanding of your business, and the ability to iterate across multiple channels? What does the e-commerce tech stack look like to make sure that you can be nimble when market conditions change? This is effectively the problem with, let's use the MarTech space, right? What's it upwards of a 10,000 MarTech marketing tech platforms? That's just marketing technology, not even e-commerce, certainly not retail, certainly not help desk, search and different merchandising solutions. Like we're into the tens of thousands from that perspective. And I think what's happened, and as a B2B sort of business, we suffer from the same issue where we're trying to get the single customer view. We're trying to get the LTV to CAC ratios in a, the most simplistic format that doesn't require an analytics team or a multitude of different dashboards to bring that together. So ultimately, it's a bit of a loaded question for Maripost for myself, because that's what we've been striving towards for the last seven years, is how do we provide our customer with one solution that provides them, not with everything, right? We're not going to be everything to everyone, but we can certainly provide 60, 70, 80% of the core tech stack. So it doesn't matter if it's Maripost or it's somebody else that provides it. Unfortunately, there isn't really anybody else who provides it. 
And that's why people struggle is they end up in a scenario where they need 10, 20, 30, 50 platforms, and they're trying to cobble this data together in a data warehouse to present it on a Tableau or Domo or Grow or what have you. And that's just not feasible for most parties. So the faster that they can or the most efficient way to where they can get to that type of solution. And obviously Shopify does a little bit of this, so it's getting them a long way down the road, but definitely not when they start to scale. And this seems to be the area where people struggle the most because the fixed costs of running and operating a business that's in the 10, 20, $50 million range, these are not things you can unwind very easily. Yeah, I don't think that this is exclusively an e-commerce problem either. We see this sort of balance between point solutions and platforms in all sorts of business, right? I, I think of B2B SaaS, you're looking at Salesforce, down market to HubSpot, down market to Pipedrive, right? And there's always this idea of, for us, we're cobbling together a toolkit because we're a smaller business. But, you know, at some point when we scale, we might want to move to a more established platform to manage our guest relations and basically have more of a CRM experience. I guess the last question I have for you, understanding that, you know, there's no real right answer between platform and point solution. It depends on the size of your business. But the marketing channels are also highly impacted by what's happening in the market. In e-commerce, what are you seeing with live data that is an indicator of what the future performance marketing channels are going to be? Is it still all Facebook and Instagram for retail? What actually drives people either to an e-commerce store or into a physical store today as opposed to what was working last year? I think it's still the same as last year, unfortunately. I think that we're in the infancy of this change around, it's not AI, obviously that term's getting thrown around like it's crazy, but in terms of- Never heard of it. Yeah, yeah. in terms of machine <laughs> learning and- I guess like I, I don't think anything has changed material for the last little while. And I think this is sort of the problem, not to come back to the whole ecosystem of products. Nobody's building anything that's truly innovative. It's just things that we were doing five or six years ago with a different packaging, with a little bit of algorithm-driven outcomes and so on. So what I mean is we haven't reached that next stage of what you're asking. We're sort of still in this, is Instagram working? Is influencer marketing working? Is PPC still working? Are the general, what we would define today as like the standard channels, are those still working? And the short answer is like they are working, but they're just not working in the way that they were six to 12 months ago. A lot of the women's brands, jewelry brands, women's fashion brands, and so on are still heavy on the influencer aspect because they can acquire customers for cheap. The change in terms of that is that people aren't going to Kim Kardashian anymore. I'm sure she's still doing that, but the bulk of the community is not going to those. They're going to the small people who've got 10, 20, 50,000 people because the cost is so low and they can't acquire customers from that perspective. So it's nothing new. It's just a different version of what that was. And no different than you said about, I mean, TikTok obviously comes to mind there as well. But that's just to me is another version of what Instagram was doing 12 to 18 months ago. It's a confusing time in e-commerce. It seems like we're dealing with the changes in privacy legislation, the limited access to data from some of Apple's changes over last year. Cookies are going away. There's all sorts of changing in marketers' ability to market, to retarget, to find customers. But the next big thing doesn't seem to have arrived just yet. Maybe it's generative AI. God knows we've talked about that a lot this year. Maybe there's another channel coming up. I'm sure TikTok is increasing in market share while Facebook's properties continue to decrease. But it doesn't seem like that next new thing is quite here in e-commerce, which means you need to be creative. You need to find your market, your niche, and understand how to optimize the channels that you've seen a signal from. 
your data is going to be increasingly important and also limited moving forward. And that's what we're going to talk about in tomorrow's episode. So that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Ross Andrew Paquette, the chairman and CEO of Maripost. Join us again tomorrow when Ross and I continue our conversation talking about unifying e-commerce and retail data. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Ross, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His handle is Ross Andrew, R-O-S-S-A-N-D-R-E-W. Or you could visit his company's website, which is maropost.com, M-A-R-O-P-O-S-T.com. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is benjshap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.